I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. I'm Emmy. So it's fellowship time. That's the rumor. There's a fellowship, and there's a ring. Some elves are getting up to stuff, and I guess a few hobbits. I, li- I like hobbits. <laughs> I've always felt actually a good kinship with hobbits, because they eat and they drink. And sends him on a quest. Gandalf super doesn't really want Frodo to get out of the house. Suck it, Gandalf. Pipeweed? Pull up an armchair, grab a pipe and a pint from the green dragon. So you want to read Tolkien? Reading The Fellowship of the Ring. So here we are for chapter one, A Long Expected Party. But as soon as I started reading chapter one, I realized there was all these things before chapter one that we actually probably could have done full episodes on. But whatever, we're not gonna. (laughs) You know, (laughs) probably should have. The foreword, the prologue. All that stuff. Because I'm I'm reading this like 50th anniversary edition, so it's got a foreword, a note on the text, another foreword, mm-hmm. all this stuff. I'm because... reading a second edition. I think you're. Is it the E version? Because I'm pretty sure that was also the 50th anniversary one. Because it says note on the 50th anniversary edition. Yeah. Mine says second edition, and then it opens right with the Lord of the Rings epigraph. Okay. Uh, so you're not reading the e-copy? No. Okay. I have my own copies. That was my Mine first question. Mine has a note on the text, and then a note on the revised text. Mm-hmm. And then a forward <laughs> to the second edition, and then the prologue. Because, you know. Yeah. Still need to get a new set of copies to read. I do too, because mine are so old that I feel bad reading them. I don't want them to fall apart. They're beautiful. I mean, I'm happy if they fall apart. I just don't want to write in them. Um, So just for logistic purposes, because it sounds like Christopher Tolkien was always fixing the mistakes that were in the editions. So if we're quoting lines and they're different from what you've got, that's because I've got this fancy 2004 edition. Damn it, Christopher. Well... According to Tolkien, it was damn it, Alan and Unwin, Alwyn, whatever it is. Damn it, Harper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, so really, the book starts off with a poem. Does anybody want to read it? Go for it. I'll have two lines of it to read later. All right. So, I mean, you may have heard the poem before, everybody listening, but three rings for the elven kings under the sky, seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die, one for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. I don't think I've ever read that out loud before. It felt weird. <laughs> it just we've got the wrong really accent think. for it yeah it makes you think the type of gravitas you have to have to make some of these lines really work yeah but i can't have that because that's just not me so i went right. in the other direction <laughs> exactly it's like they're good lines but to actually say them out loud and have them not sound weird yeah. is a challenge yeah it's also got a very <laughs> strange rhyming scheme just because a lot of the lines mm-hmm. do rhyme Although sometimes, like, he rhymed to them and them. Well, that's it. It's what? A, B, A, B, A, C, C, A. Yeah. Someone's going to tell me that that's a specific rhyme scheme, but... It is a specific rhyme scheme, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) Uh, But when you're reading it, it doesn't feel like it rhymes. 
And in fact, the the last four lines, like, lie and lie and them and them, like, he didn't come up with different words. Mm-hmm. In fact, the- No. Well, you know what? I think it's just, it's just a sonnet scheme. I don't know what- Well, it's, it, it's not any sort of pentameter, so it's not really a sonnet. Sonnet's the 14 line part. Yeah. Well, we're missing the, what is it? The, the part that would rhyme with the bottom half. I've, but I've, it's, the last six lines were like the poem shifts. Anyway, I wouldn't call it a sonnet because it's not long enough, but it has that feel of a sonnet, which was probably more what he was going for. Well, maybe he was specifically not going for one because of his general dislike of Shakespeare. <laughs> but I guess we'll never know. Actually, there's probably been a lot of things written about it, but we're not going to look into it. I was going to say, there are people who know, but we don't care (laughs) that much. Um, So then I did quickly browse through the prologue, which is called Concerning Hobbits, and is pretty much the Hobbit Silmarillion. If you want to know the history of the Hobbits and all the battles they were involved in, which is, you know, one, (laughs) when some orcs came near the Shire, uh, that's that's what you want to read. The highlights of this is that their first sort of, uh, well, their community as it is known now, their first, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Settlement? Yeah, settlement, I suppose, is where Bree is. And from there, uh, they got permission from the King of Arnor to cross the river and set up their own, I guess, like little annex, which became the Shire. And then after Arnor fell to the Witch King, they just named a Thane and were like, yep, this is our land now. So they don't currently answer to any sort of king, even though one could argue that the land does belong to Gondor now. Um, it is also mentioned that hobbits invented smoking. Of course they did. <laughs> and uh, like other uh, peoples had the proper plants and used them for other things, but hobbits were the first to make a pipe and stuff those dried leaves in there and light them up. So they did stick that in their pipe and smoke it. They did indeed. I Um, promised it would happen. Yep. And then there is a bunch of stuff on the Finding of the Ring that is supposed to, I think, bridge what was written in the first edition of The Hobbit and what Tolkien is actually saying happened and, you know, what he edited The Hobbit to say and make it a little bit more sinister. And it just sort of implies that Bilbo lied to people to make himself sound more heroic or friendly so in world reasons for discrepancies and that's pretty much the prologue does somebody want to take characters in short summary um i don't mind doing characters go for it i think uh most people are going to be very familiar with them so uh first off we have bilbo baggins who is now a very well-off hobbit right he had that big house before but then he came back with a chest full of gems from the dwarves um, we have Gandalf, um, who's the wizard we're going to also be remembering from previous adventures. He's cryptic, he has fireworks, he's not very well liked in Hobbiton because he always brings trouble. Frodo Baggins is Bilbo Baggins's new ward. He's a young hobbit, Bilbo's nephew, and is going to become his heir. The Gaffer, who is the Bagginses' head gardener. We have Samwise Gamgee, who is Gaffer's youngest son and the apprentice gardener. Mariadoc Brandybuck is a friend of Frodo's, the Sackville Bagginses, who were relations of Bilbo and Frodo. Bilbo adopting Frodo means that they will no longer inherit Bag End, and as you can imagine, they are very unhappy about it. We have uh, Ted Sandyman, who is a hobbit who's really rude, no, <laughs> total jerk. I don't think it's 
This is Ted's dad. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's not Ted. There's Sandyman and there's Ted's, Ted Sandyman, I think. I just assume that they're the same person. Okay, that makes sense. So we have Sandyman, um, who is a, basically a jerk of a hobbit. We get introduced to mostly mean hobbits in, in these opening chapters. Um, he'll be important in the future, possibly, maybe. We have more hobbits. We have some dwarves who get mentioned. Um, and that's pretty much it for characters. We've got a lot of introductions as we throw this unexpected party. Did you guys want me to do the short summary too, or? I'll do the short summary. Um, cool. For this one. So uh, in short, yeah, Bilbo throws a party and plays a joke on all of his friends and family and pretty much everyone he knows, or every hobbit, period. Uh, then he and Gandalf has this, have a standoff about a mysterious ring. Might mean something. I don't know. The ring might be important. We read a poem about some rings, so. I mean, hmm. they, I think they also talk about one in the title of the book, don't they? The Fellowship Hard to know. of the <laughs> Hobbits. What? <laughs> so the long summary, which I'm just realizing now, like I wrote this out very long but like nothing happens in this chapter. Nothing happens at until all. Until the very end. When I scrolled through these notes, I was very much like, how the heck did she make this last three pages? Yeah, I don't know. Not that much happens. So Bilbo announces to Hobbiton that he will be throwing a party to celebrate his 111st birthday and Frodo's 33rd birthday. And 33 is when Hobbits come of age. So I guess that means it's on par with being his 18th birthday. But like back when... I mean, I suppose hobbits probably all drink before they're of age, but okay, like, well, yeah, drinking and of age and all that good stuff all in one. Ability to rent a car. Right, right. I didn't even think of drinking because this is British and British people don't care how old you are. <laughs> Fair. Um, we are informed that since returning from his adventures, Bilbo has remained a bachelor and mostly without friends in the Shire um, until his young nephews grew up a bit. And his favorite of his nephews was Frodo, who shared a birthday with him and who he adopted to be his heir. And Frodo now lives with him in Bagan. Uh, there are many rumors about Bilbo's wealth and the treasure he could be hiding in Bagend, And... Uh, also adding to these rumors is the fact that Bilbo appears to not really age. And everyone thinks he's kind of, to use the word that's used over and over again in the book, queer. We are also introduced to Ham Gamgee, the old gaffer, and his son Samwise Gamgee. They are neighbors and employees of the Bagginses. And through discussions at a pub, we learn a lot of Hobbit gossip, uh, mostly about the tragic end of Frodo's parents, who were, quote, drowned. As I typed out that word, I had to double check did you the hate spelling yourself? in the book like three times. <laughs> God, why did he do this? Why does he just make up words? Well, is that, maybe that's how it was used back then and it's evolved to just be drowned since then? I don't know, man. No, I think it's just the, how the hobbits talk is kind of a I guess, yeah. talk and so. In the note on the text, there is a lot about how um, when Tolkien would write things about how the characters would talk and then the editors would correct them into how people actually, you know, how words actually are. And then Tolkien would get very upset about this. So they had to keep having corrections and blah, 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 blah. And that's why things are so different in different versions of the text. Just um, likes the archaic ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then Samwise seems to have a lot of insider information about the party since he is particular 
I don't know if I would yet say friends, because there is a lot about Sam being beneath Frodo and Bilbo, but he goes into Bag End a lot, and I think Bilbo's teaching him how to read and write, mm -hmm. uh, which is an interesting discussion about <laughs> the classism yep. involved here, and I think is a very important thing to keep in mind going forward about Sam and Frodo's relationship. So Gandalf arrives into town, and it is suddenly known throughout Hobbiton that he's going to be doing a fireworks display, uh, something that hasn't been seen in the Shire for many years. Everyone's very excited. Uh, we see a short conversation between Bilbo and Gandalf that hints to more than just a party going on. There is a plan Bilbo must stick to and a joke he is excited about. <laughs> there, uh, the party is a giant all-day affair in the field with more than one meal being served and more than one attraction or event happening. All attendees are given presents as they enter, as per Hobbit custom. And the the book mentions that some of the Hobbits like to leave the party and re-enter to get a second present. It's so great. <laughs> and this, coupled with something else that happens, makes me think, like something that I never really realized before, Hobbits, a lot of them, not great people. Greedy little buggers. I know. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I think we're supposed to think it's funny, but... It's just sad. Yeah. They're uh, so insincere. Yeah. And it's it's mentioned that, like, regularly there are enough birthdays and people are invited to them that it's possible to get, like, a present a week. So it's not like they're lacking in presents. Yeah. I wonder how big re-gifting is in Hobbiton. They mention that it's pretty big because mm -hmm. um, they talk about how they do just re-gift a lot of the gifts and stuff. Yeah. So anyways, gift-giving habits of Hobbits. Yep. Uh, Someone write a paper on that. Yeah. Oh my god, I would honestly be shocked if Tolkien didn't have like an essay about it somewhere, you know, buried in his notes. <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf starts his fireworks, and eventually there's a particularly realistic dragon firework that startles the hobbits until Bilbo announces that it is the signal for dinner. This, I must say, is my type of party, where you get there... And you just eat and drink for hours, and then after eating and drinking for hours, you sit down to dinner. It just sounds like a good time. <laughs> um, at the end of the dinner, Bilbo gives his famous speech and disappears at the end of it with a bang and a crack of lightning. Uh, he had, of course, slipped on his ring, which you may remember from the previous book. He then snuck back to his hobbit hole, starts doing some last-minute packing, and appears to be leaving on a journey. And it must... Like, I like to do last-minute packing, but that was really some last-minute shit there. Like, he hadn't even packed his the red book yet. That That's insane. It's <laughs> fair. Uh, Gandalf appears at Big End as well and encourages Bilbo to leave everything to Frodo, including the ring. Uh, Bilbo says that he's left it with his will in an envelope on the mantelpiece and then realizes it is still in his pocket. Here we get our first glimpse that something may be wrong with this ring. As suddenly, Bilbo gets very possessive and starts to sound a little like Gollum in his obsession of the ring. But with Gandalf's encouragement, he does decide of his own volition to leave the ring behind for Frodo. Um, similarly, but less dramatically than the movie, he does drop to the floor in an envelope and then Gandalf picks it up and puts it on the mantelpiece. Picks up the envelope. Yep. Uh, three no, no magnet underneath the floorboards. Yeah. But yeah. Three dwarfs then randomly appear from rooms in Big End who must have been listening in on this argument between Gandalf and Bilbo. <laughs> They've they, just been lying in wait yeah, this whole time. They're, they're not named, 
or anything. Uh, I wish I wish they were. I would like to know who they were. Um, but Bilbo walks off with them singing his old walking song, which has been a little changed from the version that we saw in The Hobbit, as though he's been working on it over the past 50 years, but is essentially the same song. Uh, Frodo comes in, finds that Bilbo's already left, and is surprised to find himself the owner of the magic ring. It kind of cancels him to keep it secret, keep it safe. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. The next day, Frodo is tasked with carrying out Bilbo's will, which mostly includes handing out joke inheritances to people. And really, it's yeah, such a the troll. shade thrown it. here. You have to read some of them. This cause... was just a big power move on Bilbo's uh, side of things. Let's see here. Where is it? For Adelard Took, for his very own, from Bilbo, on an umbrella. Adelard had carried off many unlabeled ones. For Dora Beggins, in memory of a long correspondence with love from Bilbo, on a large waste paper basket. <laughs> That's great. They literally oh. gave her a trash can. For Milo Burroughs, hoping it will be useful from BB, on a gold pen and ink bottle. Milo never answered letters. Uh, uh, this one's kind of shitty. For Angelica's use from Uncle Bilbo on a round convex mirror. She was a young Baggins and too obviously considered her face shapely. Yeah, that's that was mean, Bilbo. Yeah. Come on, man. For the collection The rest of, of them they deserved it, but she's a child. Yeah. This one is so relatable though. For the collection the of Hugo one. Bracegirdle from a contributor on an empty bookcase, Hugo was a great borrower of books and worse than usual at returning them. And of course, for Lobelia Sackville Beggins as a present on a case of silver spoons. It's but all capitalized as a present. Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm giving them to you and you didn't steal them. If you all remember from the end of The Hobbit, she is always thought to have taken off with some of Vilbo's silver spoons from when they thought he was a dead. Such a troll. Yeah. I like it. I mean, um, kind of sucks for Frodo, as I think this was a bit of a shitty day for him. But yeah, it's just so good. Um, so when he's handing out these joke inheritances to people, the hobbits around town just begin to think he's randomly handing stuff out. So they start to come inside and just take shit. And other ones start like snooping around to find the fabled treasure, knowing that because it was, like, found on a journey, if they find it, it's up for grabs. Like, what the fuck, hobbits? It's horrible. This anarchy. Um, we also meet uh, a Frodo- uh, a Frodo. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> a hobbit named Mariadoc Brandybuck, who is helping out his friend Frodo with this chaos. Um, That's a good friend. Yeah. He is a good friend. I hope we meet more of him. I wonder. I wonder, yeah. Maybe we'll see a little bit more of Brandybuck. Uh, Gandalf turns up afterwards, and he uh, and Frodo uh, discuss the two different versions of the stories of how Bilbo came into possession of the ring. Again, another in-world attempt, I think, to reconcile the two different versions of The Hobbit that would have been in existence at the time. Um, though Gandalf seems very worried, and though he meant to stay on for a couple of days, says he must leave uh, right away, once again telling Frodo to keep it safe and keep it secret. And I just don't like saying it that way. No, neither do I. It's wrong. Yeah. It, it's become such a 
you know, like sometimes you hand people a slice of pizza and you say, keep it secret, keep it safe. Yep. You know, <laughs> it's become such <laughs> it a stupid easily thing. easily one of my most say. quoted lines. Do we do that? Yes. Oh, God. You know what I mean, though? Like, you just... I do. It's, it's a saying it... So innocuous the, now. The wrong way around just feels, like, utterly incorrect, and I want to go back in time and slap Tolkien. <laughs> and uh, that's that's pretty much the end of the chapter. So, mostly fun Hobbit hijinks, um, with a little bit of a growing worrisomeness underneath about a ring, which, like... I mean, Tolkien's given you the ring poem before all this, so the discerning reader could uh, could work out what's what's happening there. Discussion? Um, or I guess I wrote this first bit. Sorry, I saw the RP yeah. and was like... I, oh, no. But, yeah. I want to just jump while we're still on the kind of at the end and talking about yeah. Um, yeah. Mary and Frodo's friendship. Mm -hmm. I didn't paste this line in, but I was going to bring it up as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just so great. I don't know who put it. Emmy, did you put I it? I did. Okay. If you want to read it, you can feel free. But it's just such a good example of, like, friendship. It is. Sure. Um, so we start with our least favorite Sackville Baggins. Um, and she says, you'll live to regret it, young fellow. Why don't you go too? You don't belong here. You're no Baggins. You, you're a brandy buck. Did you hear that, Mary? That was an insult, if you like, said Frodo as he shut the door on her. It was a compliment, said Mary Brandybook, and so, of course, not true. <laughs> and I just, I love that, you know, he's both protective of Frodo and also can take the shit out of him. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, I say horrible things about my friends, but I would never want somebody we actually didn't like to say horrible things about them. It's mm -hmm. just so good. But yeah, just Frodo turning to Mary like, huh? Brandy book. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy it also. And I don't know, like, Lobelia is just such a... Yeah. Like a cow. Mm -mm. I want to know which of uh, Tolkien's relatives or in-laws or whatever she was based on. Yeah. It's got to be someone. You someone read this book and was like, bye. Um, but yeah, so much of this chapter just seems, like, designed to introduce us to the Shire and make us understand why Frodo would spend the next three books motivated by saving it. But also we're introduced to all the shitty parts of the Shire. <laughs> Which, again, maybe maybe for humor? I don't know. But like, the Hobbits doubling back for presents. Them coming in to beg in to steal things. Sackville Beggins in general. What the hell? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of terrible... Um, I think a little bit of it is to like, not like other Hobbits. I guess. Um, Bilbo and Frodo, like, well, we have to, you know, we automatically like them, but we have to show that they're different than those other ones. And... Or that they're, you know, rich, but generous. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I feel like that's almost a trope. It is. Like, mm -hmm. introducing Definitely these is. upper class people who the commoners, I'm obviously quotations, um, you know, like better than the other upper class people because of their mm -hmm. generosity. And down to earthness. Yeah. Uh... Although, I, I, again, the prologue and chapter one do feel very much like they're written in the same style as The Hobbit, which I just think is an interesting tonal choice to make for the rest of the book. I know early mm. editions of this book were very much written as a sequel to The Hobbit, but I would have thought, like, I would have thought Tolkien would have changed this chapter also a bit more once, once he realized he was going in a much more serious direction. Mm-hmm. Though also, I guess you could say he was trying to create, like, a bridge 
But I can absolutely see where, like, you, you're a parent, you've just read The Hobbit, you know, you're a six-year-old, and then they're like, let's read the sequel. And you read this chapter, and you're like, yeah, this seems great. And then you carry on, and you're like, <laughs> I don't... No, wait, never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that there's anything inappropriate in these books. I more just meant, like, the language and... And the, the, you know, the chapters and chapters It's of, not accessible. Of um, exposition and poems and stuff, which may not be every t- uh, six-year-old's, you know, delight. <laughs> uh, there's also... Do you, do you guys have anything to say? I feel like it is just me talking. Uh... Not really about this chapter. Mm. Not, as we said earlier, not a lot happens in this chapter. There is also, um, like, the huge classism, which I did mention before. Um, it's somebody at one point, I think, does tell Sam not to get mixed up with his betters, which I hate. Uh, there was also in their line, after him talking about uh, being taught to read, where it was like, I hope it doesn't ruin him. <laughs> I'm trying to find the, the line. <laughs> Jeez, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Couldn't find that line, but I have. I did try to do some looking up on, like, how the word tweens evolved in history. <laughs> uh, Not as random as it sounds. Yeah, because Tolkien called Frodo, you know, in his tweens. Mm-hmm. Um, as the hobbits called the irresponsible 20s between childhood and coming of age at 33. Jeez, um, could you imagine not coming of age until you were 33? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Oh my god, I just realized I come of age in a couple weeks. <laughs> also, we should have timed this better and started this book so that we could celebrate their birthday. Right, but I had to see Shakespeare that day, which we've discussed before is like a slap in the face to Tolkien, so. Yes, that's fair. Um... But yeah, it is like it was around the 50s that the use of the word tweens kind of picked up. But I don't know if that's coincidence. If like Tolkien started hearing people talking about tweens these days and was like, I'm hip with that. As like <laughs> tweens is in referring to people in their 20s? Well, no, but the term tweens. Oh, okay. Okay. I would guess more for how we use tweens today. But I feel like um, they really need to... You know when they talk about how millennials are ruining the earth? Mm-hmm. They should definitely refer to them as tweens. Yes. I get that <laughs> most or some of us are not in our tweens anymore, but I feel like that is just the right amount of degradation that they are going for. They just imbued it in the word millennial instead. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm just flipping. Are you still looking for that line? No, I gave up on that. Oh, oh no, okay. Well, you should have at... said something. We're just sitting here waiting for you. <laughs> well, I was looking and then I came up with something else to see because I found the tweens word. Okay, well, I think that's a wrap for this chapter. <laughs> because we need to move on because I have to go to work. Okay, so yeah, that's the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. A uh, bit of a, a shorter discussion as not much happened in this one. If you have anything to add, you can tweet us at 2 you can email us at wanttoreadtolkien at gmail.com. If you like our show, you can always subscribe and leave reviews on iTunes or Spotify or any of your podcast listening thingies of platforms, platforms <laughs> of choice. 
And we will <laughs> see you all next week for chapter two. The shadow grows? The shadow's past? Wait. Shadow of the past? The shadow of there the past. Go. You tried so hard. <laughs> you were almost there. Yep. So I've been Caitlin. I've been Emmy. I've been Rachel. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.